You're listening to Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers RPG podcast. Join the heroes of Icon as they defend Cybertronian civilization from the remnants of Cybertron First to Lord Starscream's egotistical leadership and beyond to the unknown threats on the other side of distant stars. Welcome back, everyone, to episode three of Empire of Rust, the Transmissions version. And I am here with Yoshi, with Charles, and with Matt, and with Pat. We're all here. We're all here. Jeremy couldn't make it. He's not here. It's okay. Daryl? Daryl hates us. That's that's fine. Hmm. These are just facts. These are just facts. (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) Before we get into the action again, I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to talk to you, Yoshi. I'm just here so I won't get fined. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to talk to you about your character here, Shatter, huh? Yeah. What's up with Shatter? What do you, what's, uh, what's going on with Shatter here, huh? No, that's a good question. Uh, he really doesn't like Decepticons, but he likes swords. He's, he's a big fan. He's a big fan of wielding swords, apparently, which is you know something I didn't know beforehand. <laughs> I learn something new every day. I told you I was going to teach you things about yourself. It's it's as if I am vibrating with joy. Uh, right, do you want me to take your question seriously, Mike? Of course I do. So Shatter is a, a character that you created. It's it's. Uh, Where'd Shatter come from? Shatter is, is is an original character. He's kind of the amalgamation of like three people's ideas. And then I took those ideas to uh, uh, an artist who, who drew them out. And then uh, he's just grown and been in my head and existed and uh, uh, seems to fit in your little world adventure here. And so that's uh, that's it. He's got some some really big hatreds going on here. He hates Decepticons. He's an Autobot. Okay, I get that. He hates rabbits. Who knew that was coming? <laughs> Loves swords. So, I mean, we got like the entire party going on here. What's he think about Scrap Heap? That's a good question. Uh, Scrap Heap has provided some intel as far as what the hell we are about to face down here. So, I think he considers Scrap Heap a resource and uh, therefore an ally. He has no, like immediate bias towards him at least not nothing that's surfaced yet you're a well-wisher in that you don't wish me any immediate harm that's right like, let, let me ask that question ask me that question again after he's healed me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no gray areas is there? It's either love hate or completely ambivalent yeah he's kind of like sunny crockett in that in that there's only good and bad <laughs> well uh speaking of healing you guys just finish off two Alicons, and uh, you you took some big hits on that one. What's your what's your your what's your stamina looking like? Are you uh, down to your hit points yet? Like what's uh, what's this, what's the story there? Inquiring minds want to know. I'm not down. I'm still got some stamina left, so I don't need any healing. I can just probably take a rest. I was uh, I was unharmed. <laughs> I was also unharmed, unscathed. I, I took some hits. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it took a little bit, oh, yeah. um, but uh, I'm I'm still over half. That's good. You're a big war, like a big beefy warrior, so you probably got some stamina to spare. I would also like to release my ironclad grip and allow my sword his freedom back. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's up to you. I'm not gonna play your character. I just for you. said I did it. Fucking do your job, DM. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's actually very impressive. Most people don't want to let me go once they've welded me. I've seen things. So what do you think, uh, everyone? Do your combat's done? Uh, you're still sitting at the, the, the shore of this Energon River. You still need to get across the Energon River. Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you guys want to do? I wonder if we probably should take uh, those of us who have some damage. I mean, yeah, recover our stamina. Yeah, search, break. search the bodies, climb up the cliff, look behind the waterfall, and then you know, we can do that while the other two are resting. Yeah, that's fine. Can I can I harvest any energon from either of these bodies? Any energon nodes? You can from the first one that fell, but since the second one got annihilated with like thirty six points of damage, that was more hit points than it had. You're welcome. So it's gone. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, I just want to re- make sure you realize that you're doing this. So by like by us actually making a really powerful combination, you're going to penalize us because we kill things too hard. Is that is that because like every time I hit, we're going to be doing this or worse. So. This time, you annihilated it. It's gone. It's gone. Maybe in the future, when you got a bit more practice sure. under your belt and you're not like swinging to destroy right. everything, we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> so yes, scrap heap. You can go ahead and you can get one this time. Okay. Uh, Yoshi, if you want it, if you take a ten minute rest, you can spend one resolve point and get all your stamina back. I'm already snoring. All right. <laughs> How much do I get back though? Just so I, I note it. Full stamina. Okay. So, Scrap Heap, you are harvesting the uh, John from that first Alicon. Cool. And Caliber, you are going to explore the cliff and the waterfall, right? Yep. All right. Well, go ahead and give me a perception check. It's, uh, 14. Doesn't look like the Alicons came up here. Uh, it looks like their, their lair or their nest was... Uh, was probably under the the water. Uh, it doesn't look like they were were up here at all. Uh, so I'm assuming that I'm doing I'm searching the whole area. Like that's just not the it's not like by square. Correct. Uh, then I will move down towards the uh, waterfall and try to wade into it. All right. Uh, you managed to kind of slide yourself behind the waterfall, and uh, much to your surprise, it's just a waterfall. Merlin was a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll uh, come back and stand watch. Uh, do we? Are we able to search the the bodies? Actually. Uh, yeah, you can search the bodies, but nothing really uh, uh, interesting on it. I mean, there's like component pieces. If you really, if you need to like salvage some stuff, I suppose uh, you could. But uh, is there like a six pack plastic ring stuck to one of their legs? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, no. Okay. That would make a lot of sense, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. So we got to figure out how to get across the river here. Well, now that the things are out, I think we're probably going to be okay. Uh, let me go check in the river just to be sure there's nothing in the water surprises. I'm going to jump in the uh, quote-unquote water and <laughs> transform into my alt mode. Oh. Ooh, what do we got here? Uh, it looks like a, a little drone, but when he gets the water, the, the, the uh, little rotors turn to the side, and he's is a little like a little submarine. Are you yellow? <laughs> I should be. <laughs> he's an amphibious drone. So I will dive down underneath and swim around a little bit and see if there's any other surprises. Uh, let me do a stealth just in case. 
Go ahead and give me a perception check along with your stealth. 24 perception, 12 perception. 24 stealth, 12 perception. The Energon doesn't notice you, and you don't notice it. <laughs> uh, it's it's just very, very dense. Like, like Being able to like see even more than a couple feet in front of you is a little bit tricky. Uh, but after taking maybe 10, 20 minutes to kind of like scour the bottom, uh, you're, you're pretty certain there's nothing else under here. Uh, you're... You're not quite certain where the uh, the Alicons came from. Maybe they kind of floated in from from like upstream or something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can kind of see some like like scratch marks where they uh, they they kind of tried to like be- like burrow into the ground a little bit, just give them a little like a bit of a nest. Um, but yeah, for the most part, nothing unusual here. All right, cool. I will fly out of the water then and just. Take a position above Shatter and drip Energon on him. <laughs> Stop pooping on the Autobot. <laughs> okay, so can we see the uh, what looks like that path going off down to the southwest? Uh, if you guys want to start heading that way, yeah, you absolutely can. Uh, I see no reason to wait. Should we form like a, a, a robot chain across those things so we don't get swept away? Probably could carry somebody across, maybe. We could use that little island just to, you know, make it easier to cross there. Yeah, I was going to say that's where I was. I mean, I have some, ca- I have some cable, so. All right, Mike, I'm going to tie a uh, cable to this stalagmite right here on, on our side and then fly it over to the other side and tie it onto the other stalagmite so anyone can hang on to that if they want to. Okay. Or you can go around if you want. <laughs> <laughs> So can we assume we can all just safely cross then? So the cable you're tying, is it like something that can support the people's weight? It's like a standard titanium cable. I'll just draw a line if I can't. Apparently I can't draw a line. There we go. Uh, Yeah. I mean, if if it's a a titanium cable that you think that uh, uh, should be able to hold weight, then yeah, absolutely. Uh, You're not in combat, so I'm not worried too much about how you're going to get across on that one because it's... You can you can take the extra time to, to go ahead and cross carefully on that one. So yeah, uh, you set up your your cable. You carefully cross from side to side, and uh, it takes you a good like fifteen twenty minutes. But yeah, you manage to get across with little difficulty. Just just sort of saying like we're we're fairly pathetic robots. Like have you ever like fjorded a river yourself personally in real life? It I takes moments. It's so easy to do. 15 or 20 minutes for, like, what we are is redonkulous. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you make a spider web and, like, have it create a song to <laughs> sing on, at us while we were crossing? Okay, cool. I think it's more of our tendency to overanalyze than anything else. <laughs> right. So I revealed the rest of the map on this one, and the, uh, the tunnel continues on uh, to the, uh, the northwest. All right, I will uh, scout ahead on the fat lot of sun so far. Uh, well, roll higher perception check, and you'll be able to do it. <laughs> so 26 for stealth, 22 for perception. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Because <laughs> there was a, a we, you did have a DC on the perception check to notice sounds of like splashing from the the river, which would have let you know the alicons were there. But unfortunately, you did not make that one. Yeah, I got the sneaky part of the scout, but not the other parts, the actual noticing anything <laughs> at all part. 
Okay, so the tunnel curves and twists further on for several miles, uh, continuing on that linear downward path that you've become familiar with. After about another hour of travel, you come to the second side passage that you see. Uh, This one is off to the left, and this one appears to go deeper into the metal of the planet uh, before turning right. So again, the the main tunnel goes straight. There's a side passage off to your left. Uh, The passage uh, bends to the right out of sight. What do you bots want to do? Uh, Go right? Yep. Follow that tunnel. All right, so you want to explore that little side tunnel. Uh, this one does not like shrink down like the last one did. This one stays at a pretty consistent uh, dimension. It's it's about like six or seven feet high or so. It's it's enough to walk in with uh, with with plenty of clearance. Uh, who's going first? I'll go first. All right, go ahead and give me a perception check then. Fifteen. Fifteen. Sir All Monty, right. what do your rabbit eyes see? <laughs> uh, you see some old footprints. See some old footprints. Where do they lead down this tunnel or out? Uh, they. It's very similar to the last place you saw, where they kind of lead back and forth a little bit. All right. Then I shall continue to follow the side tunnel. Can I examine those footprints to see if they if they're similar to the ones we already saw? You absolutely can. Did you examine Necro's body in these last two weeks? Uh, yes. I would say yes. <laughs> I wasn't there, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever someone asks if you're a god, <laughs> you say yes! <laughs> Let's show this prehistoric glitch how we do things downtown. <laughs> uh, all right, go ahead and roll me up. Uh, actually, I want you to roll me up a physical science check here, uh... Scrappy. Okay. Can I aid? If you'd like to. Ugh. Natural one. <laughs> I re- so that's a 13. Charles, I believe you said aid, not hindrance. <laughs> 13. I have an 18, so I only add plus two. So 15. Well, I'll, I'll give you this. It looks very similar to the ones you saw in the first room. So. Okay. That's all you know. All right, Monty, you uh, go ahead and head forward, uh, following the uh, little side corridor as it bends around a corner. And this also ends up in a small room at the end of it. You want to go ahead and jump in? Well, I will peek from the room first before I just jump in there. All right. Give me one more perception check, then. All right, 21. 21. All right, good. It feels like you're getting your stride on your perception now. So, and this room is going to have some writing on the wall, very similar to the ones you saw in the first room. Uh, And also, on the floor is a pistol. Alright. I can't read the writing, but uh, look at the pistol. Kind of is it. You hop up to the the pistol, sniff at it a little bit, poke it with your uh, your tail, uh, and and yeah. It is a tactical rotating pistol. uh, And it is currently empty. Tactical rotating pistol. It actually takes uh, bullets. Like it actually takes projectiles. Uh, deals two d four. Revolver. A little bit, yeah. Uh, it takes projectiles. Deals two d four damage on a hit. Twenty foot range. It's a decent little weapon. Anybody want a rotating gun? I'm good, thank you. Though. Yeah, I don't have any ammo, so it's not really useful. You gonna call your friends in? Yep, yep. If it's if everything's if there's no exits right, and then I don't see any threats, they can come in. No exits, and you don't see any danger. They just need to look at this writing. 
Alright, so whomever wants to can go ahead and do a culture check or a mysticism check to try and read this. Uh, and since you succeeded on both of them last time, you can take this one at a plus two because you're already getting a bit familiar with it. I got a 30 on culture. 30 on culture, success, good. With the plus two, I have a 25 on mysticism. Also a success. Uh, So this is still that dialect of ancient Cybertronian. Uh, This text, though, is more coherent than the last one. It's a story about a a change that's happening to the writer and how he started his journey to be with the Dark Lord. I can feel the change coming upon me. The energy of this world has saturated my being, my very spark. I can feel the Dark One calling to me. Soon I will be his servant, and the unbelievers will tremble at his name. I felt the same way after I tried new Coke for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Guys, I got a theory. What is it, Trash Lord? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the promotion. Oh. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> not ready to challenge Rekgar for leadership of the Junkions yet, you know, but... Uh, Appreciate the vote of confidence. So when we examined uh, Necro, the the bot who was uh, who was reanimating dead corpses and and attacking us, and that ener- those green energon crystals that we recovered, uh, we noticed that uh, they would have an effect on a bot's brain module, and it would cause them to develop uh, psychosis and split personalities. So with this writing and the the writing we found before, my my theory is that uh, we're seeing the last words of the dear departed Necro. And this is before he became, he went full crazy. He's only half crazy here, but the one we found at the end up at the beginning was when he was already full crazy. He's only mostly crazy here. So, so we're, we're we're going in reverse. So like, we're going towards sanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll 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 say uh, you know maybe less insane. Wouldn't it be interesting <laughs> if the opposite was true though? Like, what if like the first one that we found is actually like him scrambled, but like as he's walked down this path, like one of the shards of his mind was like, "Oh, hey, dude! Like, I, I'm I'm in. I'm like cult level. Sweet, you know. <laughs> let's write some let's, let's write some better poetry. Nice." In the in the off chance that you're correct, is this just turned into a rescue? Mission? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I feel like I was denied pertinent need to know information at the start here. Necro's Necro's long dead. We we killed him a, a while ago. So okay. you killed uh, part of him. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to rescue about down here. I don't think. I agree. We leave the rabbit. We go back to the surface. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, you think you get uh, as as much as you can from the text on the wall. Uh, picking up the gun, leaving it there. If I'm not hurting on space, we'll just store it, or I can throw it at somebody later. Okay. It's always the move. Throw the empty gun. That's right. Shatter has an empty gun. Gotcha. All right. So the quartet of you head outwards and continue your journey down the tunnel. Uh, And over the course of a mile, you notice that the tunnel levels off and becomes fairly flat and straight, Uh, the rough metal of the planet taking on a more polished appearance. 
The tunnel widens to 20 feet and continues straight into the darkness. Uh, Shortly, you notice a ring-like protrusion in the tunnel. A smooth ring of metal that encircles the tunnel. Uh, There's no way around it. It's It's built into the wall, so the only way to continue on is to pass through it. I've seen this before. It's a stargate. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> is there um is there any like debris or any like little piece of scrap or metal lying around? I've got a gun. <laughs> Here, I hand it to him. <laughs> there you go. You got a gun. Okay, I'll I'll throw the I'll throw the um the empty what is it? Rotating gun at rotating gun at the at the the circular area. At or through the circular area, in in the space, not not at the the edges, but towards the you know. Gotcha. Through the hole, right? It's, it shouldn't be hard. Yeah, through this the hole. Difficult concept. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In the center of Cybertron, gun hurls you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Scrap Peep, you go ahead and you chuck that gun through the circle, and it lands on the other side and clatters to a halt. Okay, and no, no noticeable effect. Nope. Can we search the okay. ring? Uh, go and give me a perception check. Uh, Certainly. Does anybody want to aid? Uh, I can aid. I pick up the rabbit. <laughs> plus five. Plus, <laughs> plus two. Wait, plus five? How is that possible? What? what not, plus two. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you certain your damage was accurate, Matt? <laughs> so, uh, what was your, what was your, uh, what did you grant, uh, Charles? Plus two, Plus two. Okay, as well. so uh, between those two, it's uh, I have a 31. 31. I, yeah, it appears to be a solid ring. Doesn't seem like anything odd about it. Uh, physical science to know, like, is it a weird metal? Is like mysticism? Is it dripping with psychokinetic energy? Roll them both up. Do it. Uh, oop. Uh, 19 plus, so physical science, I have a 24, and mysticism, I have a 25. Uh, in terms of mysticism, nothing really is, is striking out at you on this one. It seems just like a ring, seems like a circle, so nothing is, uh, is really tickling your brain on that one. As far as physical science goes, uh, at first glance, it ring appears to be like a structural element to the tunnel, like a support structure, kind of like one like you'll find in a mine. But with a 24, you know that although the ring appears to be structural, you understand that the substrate of Cybertron is so stable in this area that this tunnel does, doesn't need stabilizing elements. So you know that this is not a, 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 like a stabilizing ring. It's not a, a support structure of any kind. Can I do an engineering check to see if it's some kind of technology? Absolutely. 16. 16. Uh, doesn't appear to be. I mean, you're you're getting like low levels of like background like radiation from it, but it it's also so low that it it could just be part of Cybertron itself. It could just be leftover radiation from the area, but nothing strikes you as as particularly technological about this. Okay. Okay. I think we've rolled all the checks that we can. Now, is this it? Is this tunnel manufactured, or is this still a natural tunnel? Uh, with that physical science you guys rolled, I will say that it is looking more artificial here. You understand, Mike, I play a lot of D&D, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this a lot from that angle. So I want to check for traps. 
<laughs> sure. What do I need to do? You already threw the, the gun through right. it. Nothing happened. <laughs> Pass the gun test. I don't know what else we could do. <laughs> you did perception checks, and, and you're pretty convinced that it's just kind of it's its own thing. So, okay, cool. Uh, anything in particular you'd like to, to give it a shot to? Um, I'd like to lick it and make it mine. <laughs> so, so I will say this in all seriousness. I was sent to uh, to kind of lead this group. So I will, uh, if we're ready, I'll be the first to go through. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're the leader. Maybe you should uh, have someone else go through. The leader's the well, most important person here. Well, I'd like to pick up here. the rabbit by the scruff of the neck and then walk through with the rabbit in front of me. <laughs> I hope you value your arm. Rabbit shield. <laughs> Why this guy is obsessed with me? I swear. <laughs> I had an incident with petrol rabbits back in the day. Oh my god! <laughs> That's awesome. Rabbits All right, Dramadon. Shadow, you. <laughs> Give you petrol rabbits. All right, Shadow, you go and you pick up the rabbit and you walk through the ring, and nothing happens. I'm glad we could have this experience <laughs> together. I look at the rabbit and I'm like, "You're so lucky," and I let him go. Well, he's got, he's got two feet. <laughs> two yeah, rabbit's I got feet. four feet. You got two rabbit's four feet. Four of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the luckiest guy here. <laughs> you continue on through the through the ring. Pick up the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up the gun, sure. All right. Throw it back through the ring. Uh, <laughs> it's disintegrated. All right, so you can... <laughs> One-way ring, got you know, it. <laughs> you know, Shannon, I appreciate all the extra attention, but, you know, I think you might be losing sight of the mission here. <laughs> all right, you go ahead and you continue down the, the tunnel, and in 100 feet, there is another ring. We don't take as long to analyze this one as the last one. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. Uh, quick cursory examination. Examination just makes sure nothing is different and nothing is unusual or different about this one. Now, if we apply heat, does it uh, say belongs can... to Sauron on the inside? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and every hundred feet, there's another ring. And for the next mile, these rings continue. Every hundred feet, there's another ring, and there's no discernible difference between them. Are they are they evenly spaced apart? Yep. Uh, and if you, I'm, I imagine that as you're heading through, you start noticing like the, the, the distances, you start measuring out, and they are exactly 100 feet apart uh, on each one. And, and I bet their orientation is, they're perfectly parallel with one another, aren't they? Absolutely. Yep. Huh. Okay. Has the tube curved at all? Nope. It has gone completely straight, unnaturally straight. You might. Yeah. Say. Usually, there's some pull to the left. If we look, if we look behind us, can we see? farther back can we see more the rings behind us like how far how many rings behind us can we see uh, i imagine the 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 darkness like your light won't penetrate that far into the darkness so it's like a hundred feet like between each one you might see one off in the distance but uh like you you can head back for like a, a you know a couple hundred feet just to check and you can see that they continue backwards as well so we're walking down the barrel of a gigantic rail gun is what you're telling me I, I was worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> or are we, are we, are we, uh, are we in a lost wood situation where we're just repeating the same hundred foot distance over and over again? <laughs> Somebody write something on the wall. 
Someone leave the gun on the ground and let's keep walking. <laughs> yeah, okay. let's do that. So you're walking down the the long tunnel? Can we call it a shaft? Sure. Thanks. <laughs> you you work in the shaft? Right. Uh you pass, you know, again like more and more, like every 100 feet or so, you're or every 100 feet exactly. You're get you're passing through another ring. Uh, the gun does not reappear in front of us. <laughs> it does not. Okay. Does not, and assuming you didn't go back for it, it's gone now. Uh, oh, it just spawned. We went too, went too far. <laughs> I roll a couple of perception checks for you guys, and only Shatter doesn't notice this. All three of the rest of you do. <laughs> of course. After the mile mark, you pass by one of the rings, and you notice a very subtle change in atmospheric pressure and gravity. It's very subtle. And as you're looking around, as you examine the the ring that you just passed, you'll notice that this ring is double width. So it's like two rings like like pressed up against each other. Yeah. Okay. This all looks normal. Let's keep going. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> hold on, Shatter. <laughs> Take a look. You see how it, there's two rings here instead of just one? And no. <laughs> he's, you actually have to look at where he's, he's pointing, he's, Shatter. He's, he's, oh, gotcha. <laughs> okay, so let's... I rolled up perception checks for, for for all of you. I rolled in an 18, a 19, a 19, <laughs> and a 3. Oh, so I'm doing this right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you say it's different, I'll believe you, but you're talking nonsense. <laughs> so all of the normal checks, like... Perception, just to make sure that it's you know, what we notice. Uh, physical science, uh, mysticism, if it's appropriate. Give me a engineering check. That I cannot help with. Uh, I can do that. Go for it. I will aid. Twenty-eight. Damn. And uh, plus four. Plus four. <laughs> Damn. Thirty-two. <laughs> You definitely notice a very slight energy signature coming from this middle one here. Uh, is Does that energy signature match the green energon crystals we recovered? No, you think this is something different. I, when I walk through, I have that kind of like glowiness like that kind of comes out of my skin. Um, when I pass through it, do I feel the shift in gravity go the other way? Like, is the gravity towards the ring, or is it outwards from the ring? The gravity on, like, the ground you're walking on has changed. And, like, in the atmospheric pressure has changed, too. So when you step through that ring, you notice that you feel a little bit lighter. Lighter. Oh, so okay. it's, okay. So it's not, like, subjective directional gravity. It's just like that. Interesting. You can't walk on the wall, right? Right. Okay, huh? So this this part this next leg is going to be easier. Is there any difference in the walls between the two like between this this junction point here? Yes, actually it does look uh, a tiny bit different. It looks like the it, it still looks like like a like a rough metal, like kind of carved rough metal, but you notice that the hue of it, like the the material components of it seem unusual. It seems different than what it was. 
Uh, it's kind of like if you like you were walking through like a rock tunnel, and it changes from one type of rock to a different type of rock. It, it's still very like it looks similar, but with a more thorough examination, you notice that it is. Uh, it, it, it definitely has some subtle differences. So we were walking through like, like classic rock, and then we could see a little more progressive rock on the side. <laughs> yeah. God damn, you need to give him an extra fucking bonus point for that shit. Here I was thinking that everybody on Cybertron was into metal. <laughs> be sure to tip your waiters. He'll be here all week. Okay, keep going. Can we leave a um, a beacon or something here just so we can mark this spot or, or scratch something into the wall just to, like... Yeah, if you want to, sure. Yeah. Scratch. Monty was uh, here. Uh, so, yeah, you guys can, can go ahead and uh, scratch some identifying marks into the tunnel on here. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to write some, re- like some really bad dark poetry in ancient Cybertronian on the off chance that somebody else happens to be following the same path after us. Just to give a clue, huh? The other guy wasn't really crazy. He was just angsty. Yeah. Roses are red, violets are blue. We're stuck down here, and now you are too. Yeah, and so are you. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and you you continue on past that, and much like the, the, the previous mile, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's uh, rings every hundred feet or so, or no, rings exactly every one hundred feet, and like, the nothing really changes a whole lot. Uh, but you do notice that as you are, are walking, gravity seems to be decreasing. Okay. All right. About a half a mile uh, after you you start walking, you t- notice a small point of light at the end of the tunnel, and as you start approaching, it gets bigger. Keep on heading down. You keep passing the rings. And uh, you can see that the tunnel comes to an end, and there's an opening uh, ahead of you. The tunnel opens onto a small ledge, and beyond it is like nothing you've ever seen. Above you is the black expanse of space, the lights of thousands of stars forming a, a tapestry of illumination above you. Uh, Below you is the shattered remains of a planet. Enormous chunks of the vast world barely held together by a viscous, crystalline substance that seems to grow between the planetary fragments. Stretching out ahead of you is a path of floating debris. Rocks, metal, fragments of buildings and starships, and what appears to be the severed arm of an enormous mechanical being. At the end of this path, barely visible in the distance, is a building floating in orbit around this broken world. Good lord. Fuck it, I'm out. Is everybody seeing this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't had visions since Earth, so I was just making sure. I don't think we're on a Cybertron anymore. So I just uh, shared out a, an Ooh. image, kind of, of that. It's very gothic. Do we recognize what the planet is, or like, did we just enter the... The Death Universe, or because this is inside of Cybertron, right? Like I'm not like this isn't it's yeah. proper craziness. I think we wandered into a space bridge by accident. I think we're not in Kansas anymore. Off on the eastern side of the ledge is the uh, what looks like the remains of a small encampment. A uh, makeshift energon generator powered by solar cells uh, stands uh, up against the wall. Do I recognize any constellations? Physical science. 
physical science, that is a 23. All right. Uh, with a 23, uh, you can safely determine that these stars, if it's in like this, the same place, if it's in this universe, it is nowhere near any place you've been. They are completely alien to you. So you were either a ridiculous distance from from where you started, or the stars are just not the same in this in this world. Having spent time researching the dead universe, would I would I remember anything about Gorlam Prime? You can be a physical science check as well. Okay. Physical sci. Physical sci. Twenty two. This could be the dead universe, but nothing that you've that you've read uh, or, or studied has really shown that this planet is anything that you've known about. Uh, so if it is the dead universe, it explorers have never made it this far, never come back from that. Uh, is there was there any like radiation or any kind of energy signature that we can detect, like that match that that green energon that we had before, or nothing? Uh, energon signature, or radiation, radiation signature, no, but when you look out into this, this expanse, you can clearly see green crystals that match the description, kind of connecting these planetary pieces. Okay. I'm probably the wrong person to ask, ask this, but is there any, anything in the Cybertronian mythos or in the ancient texts that would indicate some sort of world within Cybertron? Uh, you can make a mysticism check. I could, but that would be a mistake. <laughs> may, may I? You please. <laughs> that is a 24. Uh, yeah, you've never heard of anything, anything like that. Uh, I mean, there are like rumors that there is a, a, a giant supercomputer at the core of Cybertron, but Every myth and every creation story you've heard of Cybertron is that it is it is solid all the way down. Only the wokest bots know about the hollow hollowness of Cybertron. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of those flat Cybertronians, are you? You still think things are flat? <laughs> I guess can we examine this camp? Or... Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, give me a quick perception check. Natural twenty. So that's a 31. 17. It looks like someone maybe like, like made some made camp here and maybe spent a couple of days. You can see uh, like like scratch marks and scuff marks and everything of, of like a bot that was walking around. Uh, you can see that the the generator is at is actually at a full charge because the the solar cells have been absorbing uh, energy been absorbing solar rays for for a while now. So you think that whoever was here abandoned this at, at least several weeks, maybe a month or, or more ago. Can we determine if we're actually in a, a solar system? Or is it literally absorbing just the ambient light of, of the starlight? There is a, a star. Uh, it's a white dwarf star that you can kind of see off in the distance, but the, the light that it's generating is, is minimal. It, it looks like the even the star has kind of come to the end of its lifespan. Are there footprints? Uh, yep, yep, a couple of footprints around. Do they match the ones we've seen? Exactly right, yep. Matches the one you've seen. We should, um, we should probably take the time to charge up our batteries off of this thing before we head into the death house. How big is this generator? Actually, probably a little bit bigger than you, but not too much. It's, it's, you know, it's not portable. All right. But yeah, if you wanted to, like, stop for a little while and just kind of rest and, and 
you know, plan out your next move, you can go ahead and charge up your batteries here with no problems. I think this is an interesting point to, to ask. Like, what is our intention here? Like, I mean, I, I'm somebody that is pretty accustomed to dealing with the weird, but this is outside of even my ballpark. Like, are we going in to kill the bad guy and hope that the universe doesn't collapse? Like, I, I, I'm, at a, I'm at a loss here. I think maybe we should just go in for looking for information right now to make some sort of sense out of it. Oh, God, a Decepticon would say that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should go back the way we came and... and uh... Once you exit the shaft, you can't go back in. <laughs> <laughs> set, set some explosives at the first seam of the tunnel and collapse it. <laughs> if we don't see it anymore, it doesn't exist. Is that the, what you're saying? The world's biggest rug. <laughs> Sweep it underneath there. Does, does anybody have a, is there a primer, their other alt form an ostrich? That would be great. <laughs> that would be sort of fun, actually. Here you go, burying your head in the negative universe again. Do we hear anything, Mike? Do we hear any sounds that would indicate anything? No. And in fact, as you're like you're kind of standing on the edge here, like if you hold your hand out like beyond the, the ledge, you can see that there's there's very, very little gravity out there, too. So you're you're effectively like like in the the depths of space right now. It's just there's no atmosphere. I will say that you can still communicate, but yeah, no atmosphere or anything. Uh, to save you folks a little trouble, uh, if one of you heads back and tries to uh, uh, like to kind of backtrack your route, uh, you'll you'll head back about two miles, and then the shaft ends in a dead end. Oh fuck off. <laughs> uh, all right. Burn the bridge behind me. Leave no retreat. There's only one way home. I think uh, Caliber has lost his marbles. Space madness. No, Pat's lost his marbles. Caliber's fine. Yeah, no, Caliber's <laughs> Caliber is a cu- cool cucumber. He's very tranquil and. <laughs> unfazed by this. Okay, let me ask you this, Mike. If we charged ourselves up, if we got all charged up, if we're all roaring to go, mm-hmm. what does it look like the obvious next move is? Because I don't I don't remember anything described beyond this little camp. There's, a, there's a path and a building. Okay. So, yep. I think that's probably the way we need to go. Well, I saw Loki. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, so the path in front of you seems relatively stable. It's made up of boulders, sheets of metal, uh, and you can even see some like self-illuminated crystals in there. Uh, and as you kind of look through and examine, you can see microfilaments of that green crystal threaded through the space junk, and it looks like that's keeping each piece tethered in uh, kind of like a loose web. Most of the pieces are generally four to five feet apart or so, so it's not going to be too much trouble to get from from spot to spot, Uh, but there are some larger gaps that you can see. Does anyone have, like, really good, uh, uh, like, like eyesight or anything like that? Well, rabbits eat a lot of carrots. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, as you're you're looking through it and trying to examine and see what you know what's going on with it, uh, you can make out there's uh, four large gaps that you think will cause a problem. Uh, there's a 20 foot gap, a 30 foot gap, another 20 foot gap, and then there's a 50 foot gap near the the end as it gets uh, towards the the building off in the distance. Well, does, this, does this path have any gravity of its own? I mean, like if it can, is it possible to actually walk on it? 
technically yes like if you're if you're standing on it you'll, you'll kind of stay on it but with a really solid jump you could probably jump off of it and float away could we tie a tether to the sword bot and fling him over <laughs> to the other side and pull ourselves across yeah sure absolutely I was thinking just right. <laughs> string a tether from my uh, my my drone and just pull you guys along guys fling you across <laughs> can your drone fly yeah oh awesome um, fly and swim you should have led with that I thought you, I thought I said it before <laughs> you, you said I remember where I flew flew over and I hovered over his head I thought that was a giveaway oh that that I thought that was just like flavor text I didn't realize that you actually meant fly since this is a very low gravity environment, I'm actually going to have to have you make a fly check in order to maneuver through this because it's going to be really tough. Oh, boy. Uh, or you can go through the first plan of just throwing the sword into the, the ground. <laughs> Whatever you guys want. <laughs> You'll be on a tether so we won't lose the sword. Or we can attach a tether to the drone and let him fly so we don't lose him. How do you feel about that, Junkion? <laughs> I like this plan. Let's do it. Yeah, it's, there's the enthusiasm. There's the high energy. <laughs> I also have a winch, if that, uh, like, uh, as an additional cable, if we, if we need it. Oh. To hook on to. Yeah, that could be useful. Okay, so let's get into position so we can make our first death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the the first couple of uh, of uh, like pieces of debris, you you manage to traverse no problems. Like I said, it's only four or five feet across or so, so it's effectively you just lean out. Someone holds on to someone else's hand. You kind of just grab onto the edge, pull yourself over. Someone grabs onto someone's feet. They pull them over. Kind of just do a, a chain, kind of moving across the the smaller gap ones. So all that, no problem. Yeah. You get to the first gap. You have a twenty foot distance between that the one you're on and the next one. Uh, so, who is throwing, or who? Uh, which one are you gonna do first? Yeah, throwing the sword or doing the the drone? I mean, the drone. Pretty much, we can fail forever, and nothing bad will happen. So, there's no way that he can. Right. You know, if he's got a thing tied to him, there's no way he can fail so bad that he's gonna slip away. So, yeah. uh, eventually, I'll make a piloting check and be able to come back. All right. So we'll say you go ahead and you take twenty on that one, uh, and. Uh, who, just uh, for inventory's sake, whose uh, who's cable are you using? Um, I guess I'll use mine if nobody else has it. I have a winch with a 300-foot cable line. Whoa. 300 feet? Wow. You should save that one. You just became the most <laughs> valuable player of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you with your show spool. <laughs> the next time somebody asks if you have any cable, you say Yes! <laughs> So yeah, you uh, you go ahead and you take the the cable over to the uh, over the first gap, um, and and cool yeah you managed to to make it over with no problems. Monty, on your way over, you notice a piece of debris kind of floating by you. I want you to make an acrobatics check. See if you can either bat it out of the way or catch it. Because as you're you're making this trip through, there's like small pieces of debris that's kind of floating around, uh, and it's just a little hazard you have to watch out for. Twelve acrobatics. Twelve <laughs> acrobatics. Ricochet. Uh, you don't notice it come up until too late and bounces off your head. Oh. Uh, you're going to take one point of bludgeoning damage. Ah. Bludge. It's merely a flesh wound. Keep going. <laughs> nah, it doesn't hurt. Got DR. You're a tough little rabbit, aren't you? <laughs> Indeed. 
anything for the story, right, Decepticon? <laughs> Does that mean something? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. So the uh, cable is secured, and the rest of you uh, start climbing over. And then once you are uh, once you're done with that, uh, then Scrap Heap goes ahead and went and reels himself in. So you guys make it through uh, the first gap with no problems. Again, four or five food gaps on the the next uh, couple over here, so no problems there. Uh, you make it to the next uh, the next gap. That's a thirty foot gap. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any problem. I mean, it's essentially same thing as the the last time, right? Yep. Standard procedure twenty one a. Let's say you took twenty on uh, whatever fly checks you need to, and you make it uh, across that thirty foot gap. Uh, let's see here. Monty and Shatter, I want the two of you to make some acrobatics checks. So is that standard hop-rating procedure? <sighs> <laughs> love it! I love puns so much. Uh, I got a ten. Just gets better and better. I got a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, you guys can't roll worth a shit, can you? <laughs> Shatter trips on his uh, own foot. Nope. <laughs> in the air. <laughs> so you got a 10 total there, Monty? Yeah. Or was it you rolled 10? No, I got a 10 total. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Shatter, a flare gun hits you in the head. Take one point of damage. Get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Monty, a pair of mag boots hit you in the head. Take one point of damage. <laughs> they stick to me? <laughs> Is high or low good for you? High. Yeah. Missed this. Roll the 13. So you know what? The mag boots stick to your face. Look what I found! So you know what that means, right? I have footprints on my face. These boots were made for hopping? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Love it. Just wait till I get back. (laughs) Just like an Autobot to take a flag under the head, right? (laughs) All right. So you've managed to to make it to the uh, halfway point of the uh, all the, the... the gaps in the, the the big debris field over here. Who wants the gravity, gravity boots? I'll hang on to them. All right. Uh, if you put them on or attach them to your uh, your feet, there uh, they act as like magnetic boots, so you can you can walk across zero gravity areas easier. I'll put them on. Cool. Uh, and yeah, you're you're solid. You're stable. You feel that if you jump like really high, you're not gonna like fall to the you know fall into the infinite void of space anymore. So, are you sure? Because the way I roll, I think that's gonna happen no matter what. <laughs> the way you're rolling today, yeah. Do you roll this bad when you're DMing? Um, sometimes. <laughs> that's fair. It's just all part of the deal. It's just all part. Yep. Of it. Sometimes it favors the player. Sometimes <laughs> the DM has a really that's what the good DM screen is for. <laughs> So the uh, so all of you get to that middle, uh, that middle like asteroid piece, and you all look up, uh, and you can see a bunch of of creatures. They look like giant red bats, and as you're looking up at them, they notice you. So please roll for initiative. Start with you, Caliber. What'd you get? Uh, I have a 20. 20. Shatter, what do you get? 17. 17. Monty, what about you? Five. Five. And Scrap Heap, what about you? 
Also five. Also five. But, uh, but, Monty, but you roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine. And my lipoles got an eleven. Why know what a light pole is? It's like it's like the front of a Chinese dragon with more arms. Can anyone remember where these guys came from? I don't. I don't recognize. It looks them. like a G one episode, but I don't remember. I don't know. The only one who would know is Charles. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and if you, can, if you can stump all the tr- the Transformers experts on here, it's got to be pretty obscure. Yeah. I want you to think about five faces of darkness. The uh, first, uh, the five parter for season three, Charles. Okay, um... That's your clue. Uh, okay. I, I, let's see, what did I, they do? I'll they, give you another clue in just a minute in, if you can't it on, get it. Is it on Junkion? Nope, were not, they, a, not on Junkion. What did they do? What did they... they you just fall apart, man, if it's not naturally to you. <laughs> God, you just sound I haven't watched this. I haven't watched that episode, those episodes in a while. You've um, got, got a photographic memory of the comics. No excuses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's clue number two for you. It involves Daniel and... Not Daniel. It involves Blur and Wheelie. Oh, that's on, it's on the it's on one of the moons when they were taking the transformation cog to Metroplex on Earth. They like got stranded on one of Saturn's moons, and these creatures were there and attacking them. On Io, yep, they were yeah. stranded on one of uh, Jupiter's moons. Jupiter's moon, okay, yeah. So we yeah, is this Jupiter? <laughs> <laughs> Never been there myself. So these two things are Lipole Swarms. Uh, if you want to go ahead and make a, a life science check, uh, anyone, uh, you can go ahead and do that to learn a couple things before combat starts. Starts in earnest. I rolled a 28 for life science. Damn, Charles. <laughs> Too bad you didn't roll a 28 on the remembering what Lipoles are, huh? I have, I have an 8, <laughs> so I don't even aid. All right, well... Scrap Heap, you know uh, that a swarm is immune to any attacks that, uh, that target single creatures. Uh, and you know that it takes uh, an extra 50% damage from attacks that affect all targets in the area, such as uh, grenades and, and what have you. Uh, for the purposes of automatic fire, I don't think any of you have automatic fire. The swarm counts as five targets. And the swarms are immune to the following effects. Uh, bleeding, critical hits, flat-footed, flanking, off-target, pinned, prone, staggered, and stunned. Uh, they can't be affected by and they can't perform combat maneuvers. Once you reduce a swarm to zero, it breaks up and uh, dissipates. The individual members might survive, but for the most part, uh, you are, uh, you're dispersing the swarm. So you said it's immune, immune to attacks against a single creature? Isn't that like most attacks? Uh, most attacks, yes. We'll see what happens on uh, on this one. So on, they only area of effect uh, things can hurt them. Then does anyone have any uh, area effect attacks or multiple target attacks? I have. I have a mad scientist bomb that is an EMP shell. Okay, but it only pa- it only paralyzes. It doesn't cause any damage. All right, so then for this case, what I'll do is I'll just rule it as, uh, as half damage uh, for, for, like, single attack weapons. 
Uh, it's not the same thing, but just so you guys can actually do some damage to this thing. Is, so is it meant to be like, so like you can normally hit swarms unless they're a certain size, but it'd be like if I say cast like confusion on the swarm, it doesn't do anything because like there are too many mines, you know? Yeah, I, this under swarm defenses, all it says is a swarm is immune to attacks and effects that targets a single creature. Hmm. Okay, yeah, then we're, we're, we're ill-equipped, so I guess we should just run. Before we run, can I just give you my batshit crazy idea? Do oh, it. That's perfect. Charles, your character. Yes. Are you still attached to the bunny with your cable? I don't know. <laughs> are we? Okay, let's assume you are for the sake of argument. Okay. Could you start swinging him over our heads fast enough to keep the swarm at bay? <laughs> <laughs> Always the throwing of the bunny, or the carrying of the bunny, or the kicking of the bunny. If it works, then we can attack these things without getting hit too often. <laughs> says you, okay. Says the guy Monty, on the other end okay of the cable. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. I can now get okay. within biting range. You sure do bitch a lot, but when it comes to my ideas, you're all for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Make a plan, I'm still to... reckless. This is going to be a fun combat. All right. Uh, Caliber, you are up first. Is Okay, I guess, is anybody actually going to attack this thing? Like, with like, does anybody... My hand is open in your direction. Okay, so you're, you're, you're ready to wield me then. <laughs> I am ready to wield, but if the group wants to run, I obviously can't take them on. I don't think we're running. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I will jump in, and um, I will uh, instead of throbbing, you'll see this kind of almost like white energy, kind of both like move Gross. down your hand and arm, but also surround the sword. <laughs> 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 you know what to do. I do. <laughs> do you? Shatter, you came right after Calibers, and that's honestly a perfect place for, for you in the initiative, so let's do it. Caliber, I don't know what you mean by the white, glowing, crappy, throbby thing. I'm that's fine. It'll, it's, a, it's an effect that I am creating that when you hit, it'll do more damage. Okay. Your hand is dripping with white stuff. It's not dripping. It's not dripping. Now that we're one, I want to remind you, I do have a, an electroshock shoulder-mounted cannon. Okay. I, I will take personal offense if you shoot that while you're wielding me, <laughs> just so you know. Feelings. Um, I am going to go... Uh, I think I'm going to move over here. One thing that you, you may want to consider is, like, so if you move while wielding me, you threaten 10 feet in every direction, so you actually don't need to get adjacent to something in order to mm -hmm. attack it. Good to know. I kind of want to think that I, I would be good in a defensive mode, at least to protect Charles. Though. Sure. Like yeah, I just wanted to give you let you you know let you know all of your options. Gotcha. All right. How do you want to roll this thing with me? Because I charged up the blade, I can't aid another. So, and you move, so you're only making one attack. So you can roll. <sighs> Forgive me. It's going to be at a plus eight. Yes. Uh, yes. Twenty-one total. Damn. Right. That's a good one. Yep. That is a hit. It's a hit! Okay, so do you want to uh, roll the physical damage or the spell damage? I'll do the physical, you do the okay. spell. Okay, so you're going to roll uh, 2d8 plus 9. Okay, 14. Okay, and then I do an additional 21 as uh, nanobots 
rip through the swarm and start decoupling all of their electronic bonds. Oh! I have the power! (laughs) That's 35 total. 35 total. um, And if... So, unfortunately, I I think that the whole swarm thing, it would need to make a fortitude save in order to make it confused, but I think that's a creature, like a single target effect. It is, yeah. Uh, the in in swarm defenses, the uh, it oh, mind affecting things only affect the the swarm if it has an intelligence score or a hive mind. So, so also then, not in this case. Then we just did a bunch of damage, and I am totally cool with that. Thirty five is nothing to laugh at. I'm actually hoping that it just no. Is that enough to dismiss them? Uh, no, because you are only doing half damage because of the swarm in a single target effect. Uh, but it was a significant hit, though, and uh, and yeah, you can see like your your blade just like slices through the the swarm, and you can like, like see like the, the trail that like all of the bodies leave as you're swinging through it. Mm-hmm. So like everything it touches, it just cuts a swath like right out of the swarm. Sweet, awesome, 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 awesome. Killer move, man. Killer move. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so, the swarm, the one next to you, Shatter, is gonna move uh, uh, right up to you and start uh, biting and swarming and attacking. And and yeah, it's it's a it's not a not a good that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing for you. But you know what? Uh-huh. It'll be okay. Uh, this is actually a, a, a tiny swarm, so it has to move onto your space in order to do it. Uh, and that would provoke an attack of opportunity from you that you can take. Goddamn right it would. And the other swarm will move up onto Monty's space and do the same thing. So you can go ahead and resolve your attack of opportunity first. It's a 20 plus what? Uh, it's going to be a normal swing for you. I don't think you get any extra bonus damage for it, so right. it's going to be, so uh, be uh, plus, uh, plus 8. Plus eight. Plus eight on the swing, and then whatever damage Caliber does. I got 23. 23, that's a hit. Okay, awesome. So you do 2D, 2D8 plus nine. Yeah, so just so you're like aware, I have a nanomolecular edge. Ooh. I'll say. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. My tech boot, my tech is da- a damage boost. I have reach and an extended hilt grip. That's a total of 16 damage, Mike. 16 damage. All right. Still alive, but that was a still a good, solid hit. Well, I did my attack of opportunity as well, and I got a 9, so... Got a 9. 9 is a miss. I am sorry to say, Monty. That's all right. All right. So this swarm uh, swarms onto your space there. Uh, oh, I already did my rolls. That's right. Uh, so against uh, Shatter, against you, it's going to be a 14 to hit KIC. That's probably a miss, right? Uh, that is. All right. And against you, Monty, that's going to be a 19. That's a miss. Also a miss. Oh, all right. My uh, my swarms didn't uh, didn't do as much as I expected. So, mm, yeah. All right, well, uh, Monty, it is up to you. <laughs> uh, you're still a rabbit on a rabbit on a string. Well, if I'm still in this position, I will attack this thing. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rabbit on a string. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the way to do it. All right, roll up your attack there, Monty. All right. Jump in there. Be the killer rabbit. Be the legendary black beast of... Ah! Rolled a 10. 10. What did 
roll with him. I rolled a lot less. Totally. Yeah. I rolled a four, so they rolled. Ten is not gonna do it. So, uh, no, ten's a miss. All right, that's all right. Easier next time. All right, scrap heap. You still got a rabbit on a string. It's time to swing that bunny. <laughs> okay, what do I do? I just make an attack roll. First, let me ask a quick question. How, uh, what's your size there, uh, Monty? Are you tiny or are you small? I'm small. Small, okay. Uh, you don't weigh a whole lot, I imagine, right? Well, probably not. In, in zero G, specifically. That's true. All right, never mind then. Uh, so I want you to make a... We'll do a throne attack roll. So whatever your... Uh, thrown weapon to hit bonus is you add that to your d20. Alrighty. And oh. tell me which uh, which one are you which swarm are you aiming at? Uh, it doesn't matter because I rolled an eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, you swing Monty around and the chain go or the the cable goes right through the swarm. It kills one. I'll give you that. <laughs> Swing uh, and a miss. <laughs> Where do I end up? That's exactly what I'm going to figure out right now. Uh, Charles, is high or low good for you? No, 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 Charles. Shut up. Monty, is high or low good for you? <laughs> Charles, which would, what would you pick? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, low? <laughs> low. Picking low, low huh? All right, let's do Whoa, out of the box. I rolled a... Two. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you scoffed. <laughs> uh, Monty, you can place yourself in either of these four spaces as Scrap Heap swings you around, swings you right through the uh, swarm behind him, and it does almost a complete 360. All right. Be right Any here. one of those squares you want to end up. Uh, Scrap Heap, that is your turn, and we are at the top of round two. Back up to Caliber. Uh, what you gonna do, man? What you gonna do? I think I'm gonna throb a little bit this time. Giggity. Wild. All right, that's throbbing is your turn. Okay. Cheddar, you got a throbbing sword in your hand. What you gonna do with it? I'm gonna hold it. <laughs> hold Feels it good. tightly. Hold it tightly. Um, man, I feel like this guy doesn't have a whole lot left before he goes down, and it would almost be a waste. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's not a waste. I just hit him and crush him and then move on. All right. Are we doing this together or separately? Uh, th- there's, I, I think we should only make the one attack, so I would say do that. I got 13 with my plus 8. 13 with the plus 8. Oof, that is... Uh, it's actually kind of close, but it is not enough. Your sword, without all the, <laughs> without all the throbbing and energy bleeding off of it, it just passes through the swarm and doesn't quite make contact. Good attempt, though. Good attempt. Now, it is my guy's time to go. Uh, let's go ahead and deal with the one next to uh, Monty over here. Uh, technically, it was in that square. It is going to swarm onto your square. See what I did? It's a swarm. It's attacking with a swarm. Ah, see, it's a verb and a noun. I love it. Oh, it's a good job. <laughs> uh, 18 to hit on you, Monty. Nay. Nay, you shan't. That is a miss, huh? Well, that sucks for me. On you, Shatter. It's the uh, going to swarm, uh, swarm on you. And that is going to be a 22 to hit. It's a hit. Attack of opportunity. 
Uh, correct. Monty, you also get an attack of opportunity because it had to move onto oh. your space. Do you want me to roll this time? Yeah, you can. 13 plus your 8, so that's 21. 21 is? Yeah, 21's gonna do it. 21 will do it. Sweet. Uh, then, uh, so just do the, the 2d, 2d8 plus 9. I got 15. Uh, so 30 total. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> 2, 2d8 plus 9 and 4d6, you know? Uh, so, all right, so you said 30 total. It had 15 hit points left, so even at half, you kill it. Oh, perfect. Sonic vibration explodes. Boom. Sauce. It explodes at the tip, right? Always. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just making sure. All right, well, you kill it with your AOO on the way to you, so the damage, even though I rolled a hit, didn't fucking do anything. So you know what? I'm just going to throw this die away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can Monty. we can win this war by attrition if we keep doing that. Eventually, you just won't have enough dice to run. <laughs> All right, Monty, come on. I got a, I got a 13 on my uh, attack of opportunity, so I didn't hit anything. No, you missed on that one. Now, Monty, it's your regular turn. This swarm is still fresh. No damage yet. That's 20 to hit. Uh, 20 to hit. Then that's a hit. Well, getting close to min- minimum there. Not that much damage coming at it, but still, yeah, not bad. You're just chipping at it a little bit. Speaking of chipping at it, Scrap Heap, chip away. Can I, am I am I going to swing Monty again? Try to, or am I still holding on to the chain to the rope? To the I cable? up to you. <laughs> if you want to, or you can do something else if you prefer. If you prefer. Okay, well, you can swing if you want to. <laughs> you can leave the bun behind. <laughs> Eighteen to hit. Hit. Okay, so what do we do for damage here? How the fuck am I? How the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Improvised bunny weapon? How the fuck do you deal damage with that? It should just function as, uh, it's like he triggers an attack of opportunity from the rabbit. So he just like, so have have the rabbit bite. <laughs> Alright, yeah, go ahead and do, just bite him on the way through, Monty. Go ahead and make an attack. <laughs> nice. Bite. So you know, I'm attack. pretty certain that this is not in the rulebook. <laughs> I, I, it's 500 I am certain. when swinging a bunny <laughs> rule, actually rule, rule one is uh, uh, do what's cool and do what's fun that's really what it comes down to <laughs> yep. 18 damage 18 Nine. damage alright he's going to take a bit of a penalty for the because uh, they're not dealing as uh, full damage but still not bad at all Wee. Hey, hey, Shadow, this is your best idea yet. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd like it. (laughs) Uh, Top of the round. I think this is round three? Uh, Shatter, does your um, shoulder cannon do an area of effect? It does not, but didn't I absorb uh, some energy, uh, uh, Mike, that I can disperse in an area area effect? That is a good question. You took a couple of physical hits, and yeah. this has done a physical hit, so I don't think you've taken any of that yet. Okay. Um. Okay, we are we are in a low gravity thing. I don't think my boots would help if I transformed and just drove through the swarm like a fucking out of control man. <laughs> Actually, that would be uh, so. Probably cool. not. <laughs> you are trying. 
I mean, we could we could run up to it and fucking slap. Yeah, I I think we're we we found a good thing, you know. Okay, well let's do this. Can I can I move here in, in a protective stance, and then uh, we attack this motherfucker? Sure. You're gonna put yourself in between Scrap Heap and the swarm, and go ahead and swing away. It's gonna work until I roll this, and it's low. What'd you roll? I rolled a 19. That's not low at all. No. Yeah, no, it worked all right. So 19 plus 8. You rush up, and I think what's happening is that because he's actually striking the rabbit, he just finally lets all of his Decepticon hate out in this single shot. This is for you, Prime! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, so that is a critical threat. That hit, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah, it, it certainly did. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I need you to roll... Oh, well, do you want to do the weapon damage, or do you want to do the uh, spell damage? I'll do the weapon damage, just because I'm actually physically holding it. Okay, then I need you to roll uh, 8d8 plus 36. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> And I will roll 16d6. I I think they're dead. (laughs) They're dead, Jim. (laughs) I I think I know where uh, Voltron got his uh, blazing sword idea from. This is is for posterity, so be honest. (laughs) So that's 26. Just the 36 kills, though. Don't even forget the the, the 8d8. Damn near broke my calculator on this one. Scrappy <laughs> wants an energon. It's just gonna splatter all over the universe. So it does. I, I do fifty-seven energy damage plus whatever it is that he does. Well, it's not energy damage. It's, it's whatever he actually does. Whatever type of damage he does. Mike, my my default weapon uh, for hand-to-hand combat is a baton, right? A billy club. Yep. So. The way I tack the swarm with the sword with the with the sword is just kind of like baseball style, just <laughs> swing. <laughs> uh, I got I got sixty six on my end. <laughs> wow! So we did over we we did over a hundred damage on that. <laughs> but you only take half. <laughs> What's your total? Uh, see, I had fifty seven, and he had sixty six. So that's 123. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> yes! <laughs> but that's not that swarm, though. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Empire of Rust special. As always, Empire of Rust was conceived, written, and GM'd by Michael Ordway. Patrick Finn played the living weapon, Caliber. Decepticon Vorpal Bunny Monty was played by Matthew G. Yusuf Tanha, better known as Yoshi, was the Autobot powerhouse Shatter. And yours truly, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, was that lovable junkie on Scrap Heap. For more adventures with Shatter, check out Yoshi's G1-themed project, Transformers Reanimated, at transformersreanimated.com. Empire of Rust is part of the Transmissions Podcast Network. For all the latest news in the Transformers multiverse... Listen to the Transmissions Podcast at transmissionspodcast.com.